Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, plowing through the manure online. Uh, this week, um, as in every week, we're going to talk about something very, very important. Um, but this one's maybe a little bit more serious. So we got to put on our serious faces. Um, right, girls? Serious faces? Serious. Um, I'm trying here. Jen, Jen's here. She's going to be practice being serious. And Karen's also here. And uh, she's way more serious because she got rid of all of her non-seriousness in college. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, okay. And I'm just such an idiot. I just realized I didn't plug in my microphone. But hopefully I'm on now. That's why. Are you on now? Do we? Can you hear us now? Uh, Karen, okay. Are you good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're here. So everyone's here. It's one big, happy, warm family. And uh, we welcome you back into our loving arms, listeners. Um. So this week we're going to... I'm I'm actually a little nervous this week. This is like the first time we've recorded since Chris was on the podcast, and he was kind of a hit. And I'm like, I don't feel a little <laughs> no, self conscious. We love you way more than Chris. Just so you know, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's all I Chris needed to hear. Chris is fine, really. but he's he doesn't understand the the good parts of Amazon Prime, and yeah. uh, <laughs> he's got boy parts, so obviously he's, you know, not. And he and he was like. Every time it tried to go off the rails, yeah, he was tried like, to get it back on. No, 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 it was no, like, go with it. It was like the other day, like when I was test like, driving this pickup truck and Carl was with me, and I'm like, I feel like I'm 15 again driving with my dad. <laughs> like, it was terrible. I was all nervous. I was like, what if I mess up? Ah. So, yeah. You mess up, you just buy it. <laughs> right? <laughs> you break it, you buy, buy it. That. Just go buy it. So. So this week we want to talk farm safety because we're getting into harvest or, you know, if you're in the eastern Corn Belt, Michigan in particular, we're 90% through it feels like because we just can't buy a rain where I come from. Um, everywhere else, though, we're, we're really just getting started, it seems, with harvest. And, and this is the time of year, especially once, um, you know, if you've had a rain delayed harvest, everyone just feels like they're looking at the calendar and, and every day that goes by that they aren't in the field. Uh, this time of year, they, they feel even more like their skin's itching and they can't panic life. Panic, um, panic. They start to panic. And so then, you know, of course, when you start to panic, you start to do things maybe a little bit quicker, maybe cut some corners, you know, maybe do things that you wouldn't normally do in a, a normal year when you have time to to be patient or wait. And so we want to talk farm safety. You know, it's it's pretty major. I think that happens. I think that happens as well when you've yes. been in the field for fifteen days yes. in a row and you're getting tired, um, which is kind of what we've had around here right now. We actually had some rain while we're recording this today, and you know, I mean, we haven't had any major accidents at all. But I'm telling you what, it, yeah. it starts to wear on you. Yeah, you need a break. That's we're kind of yeah. here. It just started drizzling early this morning, and there's still combines running in corn. Um, but yeah, we need a, we need a good inch to set out a day or two here just to recoup and, you know, get everyone's wits back yeah. about them. Yeah. Plant wheat. We haven't had time. It's been so dry here. It's, it's time to plant wheat. That's been our, dry. yeah, that's been our, uh, uh, struggle is getting wheat planted, getting anything. I mean, beans have been coming off at 8% moisture, you know, in Michigan and it's just been, um, well, yeah. that's what our beans are here yeah. in Illinois. So yeah, we've had some nine. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so, you know, you, the, the like I said, the Eastern Corn Belt has, has really just been punishing themselves with uh, two weeks of heavy running because you never know when the, the weather's going to turn on you. Um, and the Western Belt's been waiting. 
Um, so in both cases, you know, you tend to, to see some folks start to cut those corners and, and maybe do things they shouldn't do. And, and so we just want to really talk about it, um, especially since we're lucky enough to have the safety czar with us. Zen. <laughs> That's her name on our Zencaster thing today. And we've got to hear the story because you've got to tell us why why you are the safety czar and, and what you see, you know, in farm safety that's so important to you. So Chris always calls me that um, because I'm like very adamant about it. Um, I, I always sometimes wonder why people don't talk about accidents that happen on a farm very often. I don't know whether it comes from being ashamed that it happened on your farm. You kind of don't want to admit it, but I think, I think it's time we all need to learn from things that happen like that. Um, I come from a farm where we have had two major accidents. Um, uh, where I grew up on our farm at home. Um, back in the 50s, and I don't even, I think it was around 1957, uh, my grandfather was uh, picking corn and the corn picker got kind of plugged up and like any farmer did back then. And, you know, he dove in, well, didn't technically dive in because that would be weird, but he, he started to pull those shucks out and, and all that trash with his hands and it gave way and uh, sucked his hands in. My grandfather, yeah, my grandfather lost both of, both of his hands that in that accident. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't know any different. My grandfather had hooks when we were growing up, still farmed till he was in his 80s, still worked. But that's just, I mean, that's what he did. Um, and another part of that story that I find so fascinating is um, the ambulance that was called that day to come to the scene of the accident broke down like a block from the field and my grandfather walked to it. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So, I mean... I just, yeah, I know that the, your first instinct as a farmer is to dive in and fix the problem, which is what he did. But I, I think that's where you need to stop and think is this. Yeah. What are the consequences of, of this? I mean, first and foremost, do you think, well, I'm going to clear the plug and we're going to get moving again because that's the goal. But, you know, that's not always the way things play out. Um, also then, um, there on the home farm where I grew up, um, yeah. my uncle, my mom's younger brother was 16 and loved working on the farm and was run over by a semi. He, uh, jumped off a rolling semi oh. and, uh, of course it was this, it, this was in 1974. Um, so part of that is bell bottoms, um, caught his pants leg in the semi tire um, and it ran over him. Um, he was killed. Um, oh. I just, you know, and it's one of those where we just, it, you know, things like that happen, but you don't ever talk about it. And I, I and I think we need to start learning from these accidents. Um, and I think that's why Chris calls me that. Cause I'm like, I can't have any more. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, no kidding. I'm maxed out. Um, yeah. you know, um, Anhydrous burns have happened. Those are, I don't want to say common, but they happen. And so many things can go wrong. You can fall off. I have a friend who lost her dad a few years ago. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. Um, he climbed up on a bin during harvest uh, to check it, and it was kind of frosty and damp, and he fell off, and he died. 
Um, you know, I don't know. It's just so many think, things can happen. Yeah, and I think we don't like to talk about it because you don't want to have that fear. You know, you're afraid that the fear will cloud your mind maybe a little bit. Yes, it does. Um, you know, that, okay, well, I'm I'm doing, you know, a job that, that what it is, it's, it's four times more dangerous, seven times. The fatality rate for agricultural workers is seven times higher than the fatality rate for workers in private industry. You know what I mean? So that's, that's something you already are aware of. You know, I'm already doing something that, that is dangerous um, in and of itself. You know, so the last thing you want to think about is all of the things that could possibly go wrong. But at the same time, having those, you know, in the back of your mind, I think helps you be more prepared to avoid um, something like that happening in the future, maybe? I don't know. I think it's like one of those signs that says, you know, it's X amount of days since the last work accident. Yeah. And I, it, it's almost like if you talk about how many days it's been, you're kind of jinxing yourself to have something yeah. happen. And, and, that, yeah. and that's probably the case. I just think, yeah, and, and, you know, it's not fun to talk about. I don't, I don't enjoy talking about it. Um, but, yeah, and I think fear can overwhelm you, especially as a mother. Um, not that fathers are different. I am not a father, so I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's bad for fathers, too. But, you know, I thinking about it can overwhelm you thinking about what can happen having your kids around farm equipment but i'm also like i can't live in fear no and so then you have to like you know i want my kids to know what it's like to grow up on a farm not be kept in the house because i'm afraid something's going to happen to them so yeah well i did see something really neat that that i think we should kind of point out maybe jill burkhart um, at Crooked Lake Cows is is uh, from Alberta, um, Canada. And she posted, and I thought it was, I'd never seen it before, so maybe a lot of people do this, but uh, they have littles, you know, like kids that are under the age of, of six or seven. I think this little girl looks like she's three or four, maybe. She has a hot pink um, vest over top of her clothes that has those reflector stripes on it mm -hmm. oh yeah so then they make sure you know i've never seen that before like to where um you make sure that your littles are are you know very very brightly dressed yeah kind of deal jeremy jeremy wolf makes everyone on his crew wear a high visibility orange shirt yeah. at all times when in the field just to make sure that you know even if it's like out of the side eye you catch that shirt you know exactly where somebody is that's yeah. a good idea yeah um, I think that helped. I did. We just always made sure, and I think you should always make sure that um, everyone, whether it be truck drivers coming in on and off your farm during busy season, just everyone needs to know that not only when the kids are out there, but there's a possibility of kids. Um, you know, that was the one thing we always made sure was, I know I'm watching my kids, but kids are slippery. Ooh, slippery yeah. little devils. Um, yeah, and they can fast. Oh, they do, and they could give a shit what you say. To be honest with you, I can say don't run in front of a semi, but you know, um, yeah. Well, and they don't think about. I mean, they don't have the the type of mind frame or mindset to where they know what those consequences. Are. I mean, you can explain a consequence to a three year old, but that doesn't mean it it registers. Sticks. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, we always you know like. I was one of those parents who wasn't going to keep my kids in the house. I was working. They were going with me. But I always made sure that, number one, if the kids were there, every single person coming and going knew, hey, 
there's always a possibility that there's going to be kids around the grain bins or down at the hog barns or out in the cattle lot or anywhere. And, you know, even, you know, we used to have people, even with their truckers coming and going, hauling grain for us, I'd be like, you know, we do the best we can, but you need to be aware that there are kids on this farm. Yeah. I think it was, I remember reading, I think it was Leah Byer who made the sand cage. And so she, she, she did have she a sand could cage. lock the kids in <laughs> so they could see the equipment out in the field, but they couldn't get to them. And that way she always knew where they were if she had to run in, you know, in the shed and get something or, you know, do something so she could lock them in the sand cage and, uh, you know, keep them safe. Yeah. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we worry so much. I can't even imagine um, the, the fear and, and, you know, the feeling if something were to happen, you know, which we, we've heard about, there's been several, you know, different over the past years, everyone can tell a story of, you know, I heard about this child or I heard about this or I heard about that. And it just, you know, it breaks your heart. It's, I mean, it, and it's so wide range or, or things that you have to watch. I mean, that little boy in Indiana that rolled the window up yeah. here, um, you know, just a few weeks ago. That's, I mean, so it's, it's just, there's a whole other level. We love having our kids on the farm, but there's a whole other level of care that comes along with them. And, and, you know, I, I really am amazed or love that you guys are able to, to, to do that. And I really, I mean, well, and I, I personally think it's completely a parent's call. I don't think it's, Oh yeah. And and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that it's a parent's call. It's a mom and a dad's call. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a grandparent's call. I don't think it's an aunt and uncle's call. It's a, it, and I think those calls ought to be respected. Uh-huh. Like I didn't mind. I, I was fine having my kids out and around. But if I wasn't, I think that you know my in-laws and my parents would have respected that. I just think it has to be a parent's call. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to keep my kids inside, but if you want to. Baby, you better go for it because you need to do what's best for you. Just yeah. for my own city. I mean, I'm not, I, I always refer to a kid in our neighborhood as a free range kid. He's three. <laughs> and he, even in, we live in town on a dead end cul de sac, but he is out in the yard by himself and they don't have a fenced in yard. Um, and he's out there and maybe she's watching from the window, but that, that's not fast enough to get to somebody if something happens. And, we have delivery drivers and all kinds of people, even though it's a dead end, that come down here and it just, it freaks me out. I mean, I don't let my kids play outside by themselves. I don't let my freaking 12-year-old dog outside by herself. And we have a fenced-in yeah. yard, so now, I mean, I'm probably a little over right. the top. But Now, I've lost, well, you, you are a dateline. You don't want to end up on dateline. Yeah. I, I have lost my kid, I'll be perfectly honest with you. My mom's lost um, me a couple times. Mostly in this store. Uh, Emmy Lou was three. We, um, and my in-laws live right behind us, and there's the grain bins between us. And um, I, I think they were outside playing, and I was in and out, and she disappeared, and I freaked. And I called Chris, and I'm like, Chris, I can't find Emmy Lou anywhere. You need to get here. He's like, I'm hauling manure. I'm like, your kid is missing. What? He's like... Well, I'm in the back of the field. As soon as the shit tank's empty, I'm headed that way. I'm like, no, your kid is missing. The shit tank is full. I'm like, he's like, I might as well just, you know, spread shit while I'm driving up to the house. And I'm like, anyway, she was. No, Chris, stop and run. <laughs> and 
she, so I walked back to my in-laws. They weren't home, but she was just sitting on the steps back there, sad that they weren't Ugh. home. Uh, God, it's, it's scary. So scary. I, mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, we weren't, it wasn't a busy season at all, but she had to walk through the grain bin lot to get back there. And I, I, of course. And she's three. She was three. And she's three. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just All like things that three year olds can do, and they they can disappear so quickly. That's oh, the crazy so part. Well, like and if that, they walk into the corn or something, they're so little. I mean, and they don't. Oh, yeah. that sca- Now that that did scare me. I mean, I put the fear of God in my kids. I'm almost like to the point of almost watching Children of the Corn. I'm like, no. <laughs> Don't do not go, go in cornfield. Corn yeah. We always used to play in the cornfield. Like my mom never thought twice. We'd take a little backpack out with snacks and toilet paper and go play on the pivot pad in the middle of our cornfields. And my mom was probably like sitting at home smoking a duber watching soap operas, thinking about how great life Did was. Did your mom not like you? you know. Did she not love you enough, Angie? <laughs> I'm wondering now. I'm like, what? What? was she hoping that you'd go away? <laughs> I guess so. Like, just keep walking. There's a main road a mile and a half that way. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, she just kind of trusted, I guess, that we were going to be fine. And that, so that's, I mean, that's the thing is it's, it's not just farm kids that, you know, it's being a parent in general yeah. is scary. I mean, we, I, my mom watched, uh, uh, had a, a child in her daycare that disappeared for all of about 45 seconds and ended up in their pond. Oh my behind. God. Oh God. It was arrow-medded yeah. out, you know, arrow-medded from, their house down to to the Grand Rapids Hospital and and somehow, I mean they they brought him back and he was home in in two days. Oh my god! Like the, oh my just, god! It's just it's a scary thing and so I think there's some steps that you can take. You know, like we talked about, I see a lot more parents now with car seats in with the little ones. Karen, you talked about that. You made Chad use a car seat with your your little ones. Uh, my right. oldest when she was yeah she was. Oh, she was probably about a year the first time she went in the combine, and I made him strap the car seat into the buddy seat so yeah. that she would stay put. And even two days ago, we went out in the combine with him and rode just two rounds, and I found myself holding tightly to the kids because I didn't want them anywhere near the glass just because of that poor little girl who lost her life in the combine, you know, when she fell yeah. through the glass. And I'm just like, that. that was all I could think about the whole time we were riding. Like, I didn't even enjoy the moment because I was just so freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it goes back. We've had those conversations before about the anxiety side of it. And that's, and it's in, you know, just it's you're a parent and, and uh, you don't feel that in anxiety. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong there. Like, yay, tell me how you do it because I'm always so nervous about everything. Um, you I think, know, I think when we talk about kids on the farm too, we, we, we can't forget that not everyone is from a farm or from the country and that your kids are having friends over who don't yes. know how dangerous that equipment is. Right. And, and yeah. you know, as they get older, you don't want to freak them out and scare them for a lifetime, but they do need to understand. And I think that's a little bit of a farm kid responsibility to, to you know, you need to make sure that when your kids have friends over that they're saying, look, bees aren't toys, you know, you know, we're not going to play. We need to watch out for equipment driving around. We stand back here. You know, or kids, you know, yeah, us. we stand back here and watch. And, yeah. or, or just people who live in the country with their house. Everybody wants to live in the country now and your house is surrounded by a cornfield. Those parents need to tell their kids they can't wander out in that cornfield. Yeah. Um, but do we educate, you know, do we do an education of, of 
everyone, I mean, I guess it is our responsibility if you have neighbors or kids that okay, are at well, your house or whatever. Let me make a controversial statement at this point. Yay! What about what about the corn mazes? Oh, interesting. That kind of teaches kids to wander in the corn. Well, it, it does. And, and then I think you have to go back to another controversial statement is, oh my God, don't trespass. It's not your freaking field. It's not a playground. Yeah. It's not a place for you. How do you clarify that, though? Yeah. Like, how do you... It's not a place for you to ride your four-wheeler when there isn't a crop in the ground. That depends it's, on the state you're in, though. Trespassing. You know? Because some... You know, yeah, because, like, in Seriously? Arizona, if you have cattle on public land and you don't have fences up, then people can drive on there. Because I remember that. We took a tour down there, and so, you know... Oh, that... Okay, so that's fencing laws on public right. land. Fence in, fence out. Yeah, there is, there is, right. but I'm, I'm talking about like here in Indiana, I'm like, just because there is no crop on the ground does not mean someone doesn't right. own it's that ground. Yours. Someone isn't, you know, taking care of it. Don't ride your freaking yeah. four-wheeler on it, but that's a whole other subject. Right. That's uh, we'll get but, to that but, one Yeah, later. the corn but mazes. Yeah, yeah, you need to, yeah, I think you just. Well, and also, so we went to the pumpkin farm here locally, which we have several, so, but, um. And they have old grain bins that they painted like ears of corn, and then they put corn in the bottom of it, and the kids can go in and play in there. And I'm just yeah. like, what kind of what kind of message is that sending? I mean, not that I don't know. It just it seems a little bit. Yeah, yeah the whole agritourism counterproductive. Counter a little bit. You're gonna, I think you're going to get into that with agritourism. I think it's a great thing. On the other hand. Are we are we saying, oh, yeah, playing in corn is great because, I mean, you know, they have those, you know, corn pits or whatever they call them, you know. Yeah. The kid sees a wagon yeah, of corn. Are they going to get in it? I don't, you know. It's, you know, if it was something that was built like the sand cage where it had the roof over it and, you know, had fence, a chicken wire around it to keep critters out, that would be one thing. But this is literally one of those old small grain bins where they have the little hole that they can walk into it. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm conflicted about that. Yeah. 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 I would be, I mean, I, I didn't realize that they did that a lot of times, I guess when we were kids though, it was different. We had corn cribs to play in. So we didn't have grain. Well, bins we played in wagons too, yeah. which is not right either. Well, we did, you know, we did too. Yeah. Um, there's just so much. And I think, I think that's where it comes down to a parent's responsibility to, and not just farm parents, but other parents. If you go to those corn mazes, you know, you need to, or those agritourism places, you need to say, look, this is a special occasion. You can't just wander through cornfields. I, I don't know. And I, and I hope that, I hope that we're raising kids who are smart enough to know the difference, too. Yeah. I think it would depend on their age. I mean, the older they are, yes, obviously. But, yeah. You know, if somebody goes through a corn maze and like, oh, a field of corn. Let me see if I can find the maze. Well, okay, there is no maze. All right. Now what? I'm right. Stuck. Yeah. 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 Congratulations. You just need to keep walking until you find a road. <laughs> I, and I think if we're going to talk about... And you just gave your mother a heart attack. Yeah. And I think if we're going to talk about... Kids and safety, we need to talk about helmets on kids, um, on ATVs, um, yes. four-wheelers, dirt bikes. Um, I used to have a sign on my back door that says, if you're going to ride an ATV or a dirt bike, put your helmet on. And and my my kids, luckily, have always worn a helmet because I we just make them, and I've kind of ingrained it in them. But I'm like, 
you, it, they'll be like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm like, I don't care. Put a helmet on. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I just think that, and now gators. Oh, my God. Do you know how fast a gator oh, yeah. can go? Now, now I'm not, my kids don't wear gators on, uh, gators on the helmet because that would be weird. Helmets on the gator. <laughs> but, um, but I think there needs to be, I hope there's some rules out there with parents when it comes to driving those. Because I, I'm, I can't even, of course, we can run faster than our gator can drive because it's really old. Right, we have the mule. My God, some of those are. I want you to prove that, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I might, and I'm not kidding. I really think you could run faster than our gator drives. But some of those are ridiculously fast. Oh, yeah, yeah that's when we went and bought our mule um the kawasaki one that we got the the guy that was selling it was like well not this the real goes. mule yeah we didn't really get not a carl mule. not yet no that's what i he calls me Tom mule smacks me on my butt but um no when we went to get it the guy that i was buying it from was like well this one goes 45 and this one goes blah 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 and this one goes that and i'm like no 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 you don't understand i just want something that i can load crap into the back when i'm working in the yard and that when we want to drive around at 20 miles an hour you know, we can't. Right. Like, well, this mule's max speed is 25. I'm like, sold. That's all we need. Like, we don't, yes. you know, but nowadays there's ones that, um, shoot, you can soup them up, too. Like, that these, these oh, people and they will... drive them on the road? Yeah. Which, which doesn't bother me, but, oh, my God, are, are, are we selling vehicles now? I, I don't yeah, know. I'm so confused. Side-by-side four-wheeler things. I don't know. People use them. I mean, out here... Um, in Kasuth County, you can drive on any dirt road, and if you can prove that a paved road is you're on your way, like there's no other way to get to the dirt road other than um, by that paved road, you can ride it. Yeah, ride see, it our town, road. our little village here, has an ordinance where you can ride them on the road if you get the permit for them in town. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, like our municipality, the guy you know who works for the town that goes through and cleans the gutters and you know trims stuff and all that he uses one so he can just drive around i mean and they're handy i like them but they are part of the danger you know we were talking about prior to this podcast you know the statistics that are out there you know when it comes to farm fatalities and things like that and um you know it, it said there was 401 farmers killed in in 2015 which was down significantly you know, it seems from 2011 where 570 workers were killed. So maybe we're working in that the right direction there. But um, a lot of it was the talk, you know, a talk of of uh, the UTV or ATV accidents and um, overturns were some of the biggest, you know, the the um, leading cause. And those, those statistics are all yes. farm related. Yeah, this right? is all. Um, yes. I mean, because. Because we could get into a whole nother group of statistics that is just, you know, yeah. four-wheeler yep. accidents that aren't farm-related. These are farm-related. So, I mean, it's it's a big portion of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's the, um, of the leading sources of fatal injuries to youth, this is what this is talking about. 23% included machinery, which includes tractors, 19% of which involved motor vehicles that included ATVs. And then, of course, the the sixteen percent was drowning, um, which is always scary, no matter what. You know, it just makes you it makes me sick to my stomach to think about it. But you know, from the adult perspective, um, which I think you know, children, it's it's just you have to do you have to do what is 
right in your gut. You know what I mean? Like the amount of, of exposure you want your children to have. But then the most important thing, you know, is, as you said, Jen, you know, your children have had it ingrained in them since they were able to to move, you know, what farm safety procedures need to be followed, you know, around the the operation. The the friends do not. So you've got to make sure, of course, that you kind of. Yeah, friends do not. So, yeah, when they come, you have to know. And, and you know, even my kids. Friends, yeah. but grandkids, you know, not oh, even yeah. grandkids oh, yeah. are farm friendly. Right. And, and it's just a matter of, you know, even with my own kids, it wasn't, you know, a matter of, you know, we told them once and they learned. I mean, Cole's 14 and grinds all almost all the hog feed for us. And, and still, every single day that he goes out to grind feed, I say... It, it sounds like a joke, but it's really not. It's it's kind of the way we talk. I was like, don't dance yeah. around the PTO shaft. Just keep clear of it. Um, you know, he goes, and he always says, I know, Mom. I'm like, doesn't matter if you know. I'm still telling you before yeah. you walk out the door yeah. every single time. And it's time. always so scary because, and I think, you know, adult or teenagers alike, you get so comfortable working with it, you know, that you forget you eventually. You know, and that's why on our farm growing up, um, uh, my cousin had that happen with a, a water wench. They were running the, the hose back on or whatever, doing something. I mean, the wench itself has a cable that is pulled, that pulls itself. You know, that's how it, it was propelled when we were younger. And then it had the hose that followed. And I can always remember my dad, you know, very, very, very um, explicitly telling me to avoid the cable and avoid the hose, you know, just basically stay the hell away from it kind of deal. Like I would go out with him to this, this, wench thing but i would stand to the side of it you know 10 feet away or whatever and he'd go up and work on it but uh, my cousin got caught up in it as it was taking itself in as it was you know basically being drawn back in and it basically crushed his his lower extremities um and had he not been with someone um he'd have probably lost his his life so that leads us to the whole you know have a buddy thing which i know for a lot of people is is very hard to do at the very least you know we asked twitter you know what's your biggest safety suggestion on the farm and and that's what someone said never go anywhere without telling someone where you're at and the other one you know another suggestion was basically the same thing but it said you know uh always work with someone if you can which i know is impossible for a lot of people um, but it's yeah, it, and and that's you know that's a hard one, but but it's something to keep in mind. I tell um, Chris and I were talking about this morning. Um, always take your smartphone with you. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I make the kids do, just because they're kids, but I make Chris do as well is, all smartphones have like share your location on them. Yeah. And so share that with somebody. Then somebody always knows where you're at. And if you don't answer your phone and you're working alone and somebody can't get a hold of you and you can't answer the phone because something's happened, your location is on your phone. They can get you. They can can get to you. They know where you're at. Um, I think that's so important. Um, We've talked a lot about kids, too, but, you know, we can't forget, like, the elderly grandparents and parents. Um, Yeah. Because they could have medical issues while working on the farm. Oh, you know, and, and I've thought about this, and I'd, people may have already have done this, but I keep meaning to um, get the 911 addresses for all our fields. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because I think in a panic situation, you know, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm over at Chicks. Yeah. The fire department has no freaking clue where Chicks Field is. Right. Yeah. And of yeah. course, if it's or like a field with or... a red barn that hasn't had a red barn in sixty years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know where the big rock used to sit. You know, well, for that matter, Chick hadn't been alive for forty years. Yeah. And it's Chicks Farm. You know, I mean, I never thought about that. There's a place up the road that I walk by and it has um, it has a an address, you know, one of the the town street address. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, why? That's weird. Is there a house back there? But now that you say that, you know, that makes perfect sense, because out here, um, that's the one thing that's amazing to me, you know, like back home in Michigan. And and I think Indiana is a lot this way. Jen and, and I, Illinois seems to be a little bit more caring, but I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong. In Michigan, it's very rare to have a dirt road without a house or two on it. You know what I mean? So you're, you're usually within some sort of, um, people. Yeah. There, there's people they can we're, see. We're very road. urbanized. Yeah. Yeah. If you crash into a dit, you know, it's very, very difficult in Michigan, in lower Michigan, at least where I come from to have a road that doesn't have, you know, like we grew up, uh, we were the only house on the road. It was like a, a mile road. And that was really rare because the the road that you drove to get on, you know, both sides had 10 houses each along them, even though they were dirt, you know. Um, and but out what kind here, of place did you live in? It's, I lived in central Michigan. Near, 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 near. One mile no, dirt road the entire time I grew up until I started working in Iowa and I found two more. <laughs> Really? Well, we have tons of dirt roads. Like, we're stuck right now on dirt roads. Gravel roads in my township. Yeah. But we had a nuclear plant instead, so, you know. Really? That works. I I explained some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Explains a few things. Nothing nothing major. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just don't (laughs) drink the water. But no, I mean, and that, so that would make perfect sense to me, or at least I, I think that would be something, I mean, they can ping you. Like when I, um, a couple, you know, months ago or whatever, when Colton had croup and, uh, I went to take him to the hospital cause I was freaked out. It was six in the morning. He was making really bad noises when he was trying to breathe. And I just wasn't sure, you know, how he was doing. So I wanted to, to get him in Well, he freaked out halfway there you know pretty much and we're 20 minutes from the hospital or whatever he freaks out throws a huge fit and basically Mm. turns blue because he's crying and and gagging on you know whatever he couldn't really breathe that much and then he started to cry which made it way worse and so i slam on the brakes and i'm like i go to to get him out and i get him out of the car seat and he's breathing fine but i go to put him back in and he starts doing it all over again and i'm like what am i gonna do you know and so i called 911 because I'm just like, I can't, what am I going to do? I can't drive him. You know, I can't. And they're like, well, we see where your location is. Um, you know, you're at blah, blah, blah. Just drive into town and turn left. And it's like, I know where the hospital is. That's not the, you know, but so it was kind of interesting to see that they could ping my exact location. So at least we have, have that, but that's, you know, I think a lot of people, um, use the flip phones and stuff when they're out in their fields because they want, I know my dad does. He still has his flip phone. He doesn't want a smartphone. You know, he doesn't want the government following him, you know, blah, blah, blah. But to have one, even if you just use it during harvest or field work time, you know, when you're in a, um, area, especially like this one where it's such a struggle to, to, uh, have society near you, you know what I mean? Like 
it's Iowa still had they've had what two or three different accidents in the last two or three months where um, people have gone off the road into the ditch and they find them like a day and a half two days later. You know, oh, like God. that's because it is so rural in the areas that are are rural. You know, like it's you're it's very possible that you could go do something and not be found for several days. I mean, we when two people drive by my house, I think I'm like, what's going on? What do we got going? You know, if they if I have three people drive down the road in, in a, a six hour time frame, I, I'm it's either planting, harvest or fungicide. That's it. Any other time there's no there's no traffic at all. So I think that makes sense, Jen. Maybe that's something that people should look into is the... I'm so stuck on this pinging thing. I hadn't even realized that because, you know, they always say if somebody goes missing, they have to triangulate. But you're right. When I accidentally locked my child in the car at the Indiana rest stop, when I called 911, he knew. He goes, well, you're at the blah, blah, blah rest stop. And I was like, yeah. And I didn't even realize that until you just said that. So... Yeah, they can ping you, but you have to have that capability, I think, on your, your phone. I don't think they can. And you have to have at least good cell coverage, too, because that yeah. could be an issue. Yep, and that's the other concern. And that's true. I mean, and there's a lot of areas that don't have good cell coverage, but I think that that those are kind of far and few between now. But, you know, if you're going to be out working, yeah, you ought to have that that feature on or someone ought to know your location both you know or what you're going to do you know just just in case i mean the odds of being in a place you know with bad cell reception is is slim these days i don't know man i try to drive to indiana and you get east of danville and my phone goes to crap i drive south of uh kanawa here in iowa and there's no service for at least Okay, so those people yeah, those should people never work need, alone. I mean, we had radios, so we didn't have cell phones growing up. You know what I mean? We had a radio that sat. We had a, a one in the, the office, one at my uncle's, and one at my grandma and grandpa's. That was the main somehow. And so... We we still use we still use two-way radios. Do but, you? you know, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we do. But to be honest with you, if I were out of the tractor doing something and got hurt, that two-way radio isn't going to do me shit good. It's not going to do you any good, no, because it has to be in the, you have to be in the tractor. And um, so, I mean, it's just things like that where you don't want to expect, you don't want to think that you're going to be injured when you go in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, just, but you want to be prepared that if it were, if you were, you would be able to, to, uh, you know, have quick help. You know, I, I keep thinking of our, our friend from Texas whose father was injured and how, you know, they talked about what happened um, then and how lucky they got. It turned out that the, the volunteer firemen were like a half a mile up the road. Yeah. You know, or otherwise he'd, uh, you know, it might have been a different result just because. And, and so you you want to be able to expedite the help is is one of the main things um, in any way possible, I guess you could say. Like that's. That's the, the, the biggest thing is always let someone know where you're at. You know, it's the same as when you go out to hunt, you know, if you're in a tree stand or if you're somewhere um, else, you know, my dad's always been big on telling my mom where he's, he's going to hunt and, you know, having an expected time to return. Um, and, you know, I, and I and know I, a lot of men, I think, hate that idea of having to tell someone when they're going to be back. You know, I don't know when I'm going to be back. Well, give a roundabout so someone knows when it's time to start worrying. You know, perhaps maybe I'm crazy in that idea. My dad always said no news is good news. I'm like, okay, whatever, dad. 
Yeah, or you just can't tell me. I and I and I that's think kind of a morbid thought, but still, you know. I think letting people know where you are is just a, a good step to take, the good first step to take, because there's so many things that that could go wrong, and and I think I'll just list them for you. Um, wear your seatbelts in your semis. I, I yeah, I can't say that enough. The seatbelt is there. Wear it. Um, roads are narrow. You get a semi off the edge of the road, especially a loaded semi, it's going to take you. Wear your seatbelt. Yeah. We've already had, um, I think, two accidents just around here in, in a surrounding county that I can think of in the past 15 days. Um, just wear your seatbelt. It's, you know, it's not that hard. It's easy. It's right there. All semis are equipped with them. Yeah. Wear it. Um, Randy Ermacker's dad um, passed away a few years ago in a semi-accident. Um, I yeah. can't even um, leave in a field, I believe. i got to have my facts right, and I, I probably don't. Um, kind of tipped over in a ditch. I can't imagine being having to find a family member in a situation like that. Um, or, yeah. or, or working, you know, just like when you have accidents like that on a farm, you still have to work around that equipment and the place where things like that happen, um, that's, that's a lot. That's a whole lot going on. Well, not just like that, but, you know, when you're in the semi, you can't control the people around you. You know, yes. my brother was in yeah. an accident. He was coming back from unloading corn on the river. And, you know, this 16-year-old girl was driving, and she either, they don't know what she did, but she did something that distracted her. And she went down into the ditch on her side, overcorrected, came across, went into the ditch on his side, and came up right in front of him, and he T-boned him, and neither of the kids survived that were in the car. So. Oh, God. And see, Ugh. her parents have to live with that. Your brother has to live with that. I mean, it's just right. a whole lot. Well, luckily, and just... he ended up 180-degree um, turn in the ditch on Ugh. her side. So, you know, luckily it wasn't worse. I mean, he ended up upright, but, I mean, he could have gone for a bigger ride, too. And without having the seatbelt on, it could have been even worse than it was. So oh you can't God, control the other sad. drivers out there. So, I mean, it was bad. I mean, it, I mean, it was no. about as horrible as it could be, but it's, you know. Right. And that's my other point. My next point is driving equipment on the road. Semis, wear your seatbelts. Driving equipment on the road, tractors, equipment is huge nowadays. Um, I've written a couple posts on it. I try to tell people, this is, and I've posted pictures of it, this is what the road looks like from my view, and it looks small from a tractor seat. Well, and I think it was um, Brian Corkill who just went to their local, to the high school, to the driver's ed course, and showed them the camera, and showed them what he can see, you know, made them get up in the tractor and showed them what they could see, what he could see behind him, so that they would know. That's that was amazing that they got to do, that they get yeah. to do that um, for driver's ed because we don't have anything like that around here, and that's amazing. My big, I, I've told my kids this. I do this. If you're driving equipment down the road and you have somebody either behind you or coming at you that is kind of making you feel a little iffy, stop. I tell my kids. Just stop where you're at. If there if there isn't room to get over, stop where you're at. If there's room to get over, stop where you're at. Because if yeah. they hit, if you're sitting still and they hit you, it's their fault. Um, if you don't feel comfortable in a situation, you stop. And, and let it play out. 
Hopefully that person just... Yeah. I've had people pass me in the ditch because they're in such a hurry. Oh, my God. Well, you've seen, you know, every once in a while there's an idiot motorcyclist who goes underneath a sprayer on the highway. Oh, yeah, whatever. But And the other thing is, too, when you're turning left into a driveway, you know, you might want to stop, too, because my brother got hit by somebody. He had his blinker on, was turning left into the driveway with the tractor, and she passed him right in front of our driveway and hit him. Oh, yeah. People don't ever pay attention. I mean, that's my biggest fear is in my car trying to turn left and being rear-ended, you know, and that what's your take on, uh, and is this blew my mind and I posted on Twitter and I didn't realize that I was going to be labeled the asshole for saying this, but driving with your head on your combine down the road in Michigan, that does not happen in Iowa. It happens all the time. And I think it's the most dangerous thing. I, I get that you want to get harvest done, but I can't imagine the the guilt you would feel is if you cross, you know, like crested a hill as a group of teenagers were driving down the, you know what I mean? Like there is zero room if your head's off. It depends on where you're going. You know, if it's a quarter of a mile and it's not a heavy road, then yeah. But yeah, I'd say it depends. You know, if you're in a real rural area, Uh, we we do it. People do it too. Yeah, we do it between fields here now and then if but but to be honest with you you don't do it around here a lot because um our roads aren't wide enough barely wide enough for equipment yeah. little, little it was at route 150 there. and somebody obviously did something because i went to preschool and i came back and the mailbox on the side of the road was laying all over the place with the mail strewn all over so uh, that's not good i yeah. uh you know i i was amazed like i said the first time i saw it and i just to me i i i get you know that it's it's convenient or it's easier or it's whatever but the one that i saw it was dusk you know so you could barely see anyway you know what i mean uh, and it's not like you have side lights on those things you know what it like there at least with a semi you've got your chicken lights or whatever so you can see the side of the trailer you can see what's coming at you you know to me i just i would i think and like i said i'm a jerk this way but i just think it's so scary to do but no, I just, it does, it, it, it's, it, the first time I saw it, it, it scared me. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying that no one's ever done it, like you were saying, if you're on a, a remote, if you're in a remote area and you have very little in the, the way of driving that you have to go to, but, you know, our road here. I think it depends on how old the combine is and how big it is, you know, because some of those heads are just monstrous. This one that I saw that made me swallow my tongue hung over both sides of the road. So okay. if... Right. That's what she said. If, you know, if, if someone wouldn't have known that that was coming and granted we're in Iowa, so what kind of hills do you have? But you, st- I mean, we still have hills, you know, had someone not been paying attention because you'll get some people driving down these back roads, you know, just stupidly at 45, 50 mile an hour, not thinking twice about it. And it's, it's basically a glorified two track in most ways. You know, they, like I said, this one was hanging off both sides of of the road and I was pretty amazed because obviously they weren't if they were driving by our house um you know there's no fields you would the field entry points are both like right behind our our house here or right beside our house so they were planning on driving a good distance wherever they were going and you know it's a dirt road no one lives on it I guess they figure they've never run into anyone but when I was a teenager you know we always drove around on the back roads because we were Bad. not yeah we were bad kids children don't be us yeah we were road we were road road toking i don't know um 
road, road, road tripping. Um, no, we weren't road tripping, but no, I mean, and so we would drive around a lot of times and it's just, that part was scary to me. And I just, you know, I, I, like I said, I know it's an inconvenience and I know it's a pain in the neck, but you always got to kind of just like when you write something, you know, you always have to assume your audience is fifth grade. Um, whenever you're doing anything, you know, that you're going to be dealing with the regular public when you hit the road, you always have to assume that, you know, IQ level. That's amazing that they went after you on Twitter. Oh yeah. There were a lot of people that were very, it was the first year I lived here and I was just like, what are you people, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. And there were a lot of people from Iowa that were like, you have no idea. You know, you don't know. It's hard. It's, you know, and I said, well, what do you expect someone to do if they see you coming? Well, pull over. Well, a 16-year-old's not going to know how to, to do that. <laughs> no, especially considering the fact that... Well, if they had taken Brian Corkle's class, they would. They would, yeah. We need Brian well, Corkle right. in all classrooms. Right? Brian is not busy enough. He needs to do that. But that's, you know, like here, uh, all of the ditches are a good six feet deep. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's not, unless you have a field entry, there's no place to pull over. And so I said, well, well what if, well, I said, what if you, you know, <laughs> if you can't pull over? Well, they should back up until they can find a place to pull over. So they seriously, there were people that said that, you know, not only was it okay to drive down the road with your head on your combine, but that anyone coming at you should back up to get out of your way. And I just kind of found that funny because we spend all of this time focusing on advocating and embracing our consumer and, and you know, not being a douchebag yeah and all these farmers are like F- you it's my road and i get you know i like i understand there's a, a certain level of of ownership or whatever to it but i was just really amazed by uh the responses i got on it because it just seems so unnecessary google maps took me down this road it's not right? my fault. it just seems unnecessarily dangerous to me um more than anything but i guess that's another to each yeah, their I mean- own sort of deal if it's a short distance it's fine but if it's any length of distance you're going to be crossing over you know crosses basically men, crosses basically men and you would like you to put your head away <laughs> yes keep your head out of my eyesight guys um that's, that's one of those we may have to delete but anyway <laughs> that's right but no um so secondary safety things you know not your major you know perhaps life Um, changing safety moments, Um, but very important too, uh, eye and ear protection. Yes. So that was a Save a marriage, wear earplugs. What? Save a marriage, wear earplugs. (laughs) So I feel with Carl, he's like, well, I never wore earplugs when I was, you know, working on the farm, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so that's super, you know, so now, but he can Uh, hear me if I'm talking smack, you know, three rooms away he can hear that just fine right but three I, rooms away you whisper do you want to have sex they can hear <laughs> you three. right next to them you say hey i could use a little help with the kids or the dishes <laughs> or cooking supper and they're like huh right i didn't hear you god why are you yelling? <laughs> because the first three times i said it you didn't listen Right, you weren't yeah. paying attention. Yeah, there's no need to yell. <laughs> well, okay. That's my favorite one. There's no need to yell. Well, just react the first time then. Just all I need's a nod. Just tell me that you heard me. But and then safety glasses. Um, you know, my dad got re- really lucky. Um, he I don't even remember what he was doing at the time, but he ended up with a pretty significant um piece of steel in his eyeball. 
And had it been so many centimeters over or whatever, I don't know. We're not Canadian. I don't remember what the conversion was. But, All Canadians um, send hate mail to just, Right. <laughs> Hello. That's what, or I mean, a boot. Um, But no, they, it had it been just slightly over, he'd have probably lost his eyesight. And uh, Nate uh, Legler, I hope I said that right, Nate. Um, he's from right here in Iowa, and he said, eye protection, nothing cool about it, but nothing cool about a three-hour drive for emergency eye surgery and the bill that came with it. So it is one of those things where, yeah, sure, you you may not look cool to slap on your safety glasses, but um, it, it will help you. I mean, your eyesight's not anything you can ever really mess around with, and either is your hearing. Well, and regular glasses aren't safety glasses. They only can do so much. Exactly. Or a mask clinging at a grain bin. That too. Corey Ritter yes. about killed himself, what, two years ago? Cleaning out a grain bin without a mask on? With all the mold and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he have an allergic reaction? Just the yeah. dust. I mean, I mean, not that, yeah, not that the mold isn't bad, but even just the dust gets in your lungs. Basically, go back to your high school health education class and that whole, you know, always wear protection thing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. In all aspects of your life. It's multifaceted. Yes, it's multifaceted. And uh, and then, of course, the, the biggest concern I always have, and it, it always scares the, the crap out of me with my elevator managers and, and my, my folks that, that work at the facilities for us, is, is grain entrapment. I was just getting um, ready to say, flowing grain, yeah. just don't. Just yeah. don't. There is you absolutely nothing, nothing worth getting into flowing grain. Uh, and if you go in a bin where it isn't even flowing, make sure someone knows you're in there so they don't flick a switch and turn an auger on. Yeah, you've got to have your uh, your contain what is it, your contained spaces or what is it, confined space permit. Always, you know what I mean, have your, your lockouts and have, there's, there. I understand a lot of you are, it's just one or two people and you always assume that everyone knows, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking the extra time to put a lockout on something so it, it can't turn on while you're in it or while you're fixing it or, you know, both grain bins and PTOs or whatever it may be that you're working with. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, as a farmer in your area, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with working with your local fire department um, to help teach Ooh, good entrapment. You know. done, yeah, we are actually our fire departments around here. We started a few years ago um, and they've worked really hard. We actually um, here in Johnson County, uh, Bargersville Fire Department actually has a training built a training facility to yeah. train other fire departments. Um, they have like a grain bin on that they built on the property and how and and teach other fire departments here in the state how how to deal with grain entrapment. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, grain entrapment is bad. Um, I wish I, I don't have the facts on on. A lot of times it, it they don't turn out good. No, but, um, no. you just you you need to. Now that we've discovered it a little bit more, it's kind of like knowing how to protect yourself against a rip current, you know, in a, a yeah. lake or something like that. Like grain entrapment is is uh, one of those things that we're learning more about um, how to protect someone that's been trapped if they're found. I mean, the, the and so that's why you that's always need, yeah. you know, you always need to have a continuous form of communication between the person in the bin and the person outside and make sure that you're able to protect yourself from 
putting, you know, being in a situation to where the grain starts to flow. You know, it always scares the hell out of me anytime I hear one of my farmers, well, that grain bridged up. So I, you know. Oh my God, if it bridges up, even if the augers aren't on and it's bridged up, freaking no, don't walk on it. Yeah. Yeah, you really just have to be careful on that. It, and so, you know, just make sure, I guess the main thing is, is it's it's just like anything else. You want to kind of have a buddy system. You need someone knowing where you are at all times. I don't care if, if you are farming by yourself. You need to have the ability to not only reach out and contact someone in the, in the, in the case of an emergency or something like that, but also, you know, know have someone knowing that, you know, roundabout time on when you're going to be home or back to wherever you were supposed to be and, and where you're going to be in the meantime. And I, yeah. And I think that location on your phone is important. It helps with that. Um, I also think that taking your phone when you get out of a tractor, take your phone with you. Yeah. Because if something happens, that's your, that, that is your voice to get help. Yeah. Um, put your tractor in park. Oh my God. Put your freaking tractor in park. Yeah. Um, I, I always, I, it's kind of a joke, but I always, when I get out, I always put it in park, but particularly when I get out to pee, oh my God, I do not. And I always take my phone, put tractor in park, get out and pee. I do not want to be that person found dead or injured with my pants around my ankle. I just don't. I'm sorry. That might be like shallow. If I get hurt, I may not be worried about that. But no, I do not want to be the person that's half run over by a tractor because I didn't put it in park and my pants are around my ankles. (laughs) Yeah. No, and I mean, that's, I guess if that's what it takes to get you to put your tractor in park, then think about that. You don't, you know, and that, so that's what you have to do is just always, I guess, you know, take your, take your time. That's what someone said. You can work quickly without rushing. And I yes. think that's an important thing. And always know, I mean, I, I understand that sometimes you may feel that your back is against the wall or, or something like that and that you have to accomplish something by X amount of time. Reality is... is you, can't, you can't do it if you're dead. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's never going to get fixed anyway if you're, if you're gone. And so I know that sounds a little morbid or, or maybe a little bit, you know... It does sound morbid, but it's the freaking truth. I tell Chris all the time, you can be in a hurry all you want and... But if you get hurt, number one, the work isn't getting done. And number two, if you're dead, yeah, you put other people in a bind. Yeah. Number- well, Richie, the one that always says, you know, I'm not taking you to the hospital for stupidity. We, we do have a rule. I'm not taking you to the hospital for stupidity. Um, acts of stupidity do not get you a hospital visit. Yeah. Um, but I, t- I tell Chris, if it doesn't kill you, you're going to be injured. Yeah. So then... I have to freaking take care of you and the farm work. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do and, that. And it sounds, don't put you know, that I kind of get, Christopher. don't put that on me. Right? I sound sarcastic when I say it and kind of joke around um, because God forbid it should ever happen. Don't, you know, I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not a joking matter. Let's face but, it, Chris, you wouldn't last very long because she'd put the pillow over oh, your head. Oh, hell yes, I would. I am not a good nursemaid. <laughs> I'm terrible. My God, when he gets a cold, he thinks he's dying. Oh, yeah, um, I'm terrible. But, but you know, good. you have to think about that. You know, you're in a hurry to get the work done, but... In all reality, if something happens to you while you're in a hurry and not being careful, yeah. that work has to be done by somebody else and, you know, more on top of that. Yeah. If nothing from this not- conversation sticks, but, you know, don't do something stupid because it makes it worse. 
you know. Slow the fuck down. If it makes you, yeah, if it say. makes you think twice that girls talk egg, you know, would would chew your ass for this after you we knew you were okay. Um, there you go. I like that. You know, if what would Jennifer no do? She cuts me out. Yeah, then to be grateful that you're not married. Just because you're not married to us doesn't mean that we can't chew your butt. Sorry, because <laughs> I can believe me. Oh yeah, we're not afraid. I, yeah, no. I just think there are so many things that can go wrong that that you have no control over. Yeah. What you do have control over, you better be paying attention to. Yeah, exactly. You know, get um, enough sleep. You know. It's only October, and people around here are acting like it's going to snow tomorrow. Yeah. It's right. Not. You'll be okay. So. For a minute. Unless you're in Canada or Montana or something. Well, it, it might Unless you're my father-in-law and you took, I can't remember whether it was 30 years ago, he took one Sunday off, and, and there was only like 50 acres to go, and they decided, oh, it's a nice day, let's take Sunday off. And it was like they had to end up combining in the snow. We'll never live that down. Oh, Michigan combines. At least one guy combines in the snow every year. <laughs> Just waiting for it to get negative five so it blows through the sieves. That's what always cracks this me up. A, I, remember, I remember the year that Mark Rorich combined corn on July 4th. So I always say, oh, wow. are you combining ju- corn on July 4th? Then it's not really that <laughs> That's bad. That's just it. That's what, and it wasn't early harvest, so... And that whole comment about snow, yeah, was, I was just thinking, was totally an I-state comment. Right? <laughs> I showed my, my true colors right there. That is totally, it's only October. What the heck? Right? That's a, meanwhile, up in North Dakota, they're like, yeah, we've harvested in snow every year since, yeah. you know, the farm was yeah, and is flipping me off. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Damn I-staters. We'll wait for that Snapchat later, but... But no, I mean, we love each and every one of you. And that's the main point of this conversation is we want you all to be safe. We want you to all to take your time. And like we said, if 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 the only thing that keeps you from doing something stupid is, you know, girls talk ag are going to pick on me for doing this. If I did it, then great. We that's fine. Just be safe. Um, I'll, t- I'll take exactly. the blame. I don't care. Right. So do you guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap her up here? Uh, just be super careful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, be safe. Have a safe Even harvest. if you irritate us, we'd rather have you come back. That's just it. But none of you irritate us that listen. It's just we, you we need, we need your sarcastic sure. tweets, so stay with yeah. us. We love them. So, all right, guys. Well, you have a good week. We'll be back next week. Uh, same time, same place to talk about something. I don't know. We'll figure it out before then. So <laughs> have a good one.